0: Hello and welcome to the Girls on Fire podcast. The October concert is coming up on Monday the 18th of October. It's an annual event that showcases MLC's touring ensembles. This year, the October concert serves as the final performance for our director of music, Dr. Robert Faulkner, as he and his wife Juliet will be retiring at the end of the year. To celebrate an incredible career with the college, we invited two returning collegians, Olivia and Oriana, to discuss Dr. Faulkner's time with MLC.
1: My name is Olivia. I graduated from MLC in 2017 and I went straight from school to the Conservatorium of Music at UWA where I studied an undergraduate of uh, specialist music performance in violin and now I'm in my fourth year doing my honours researching artistic direction in a chamber orchestra. My name's Ariana. I graduated from MLC in 2020,
2: and I'm currently studying a Bachelor of Music in Classical Voice at the Melbourne Conservatorium
1: of Music. And we're very excited to be back and recording this podcast with dr faulkner to talk all things music so um as a lot of you might know
2: this is dr faulkner's last concert with us at mlc so as a celebration of his time here and everything he's given to the school and to us a whole lot of collegians are coming back and performing with the ensembles we played with at school as a celebration which we're
1: all very much looking forward to very excited so to kick things off dr faulkner uh what sparked your love of music
0: um that's a really difficult question, actually. I I didn't have the kind of opportunities that the girls at MRC have and many people have. I, I was actually adopted, and, and so I didn't do any formal musical training until I was about nine. And before then, though, I'd already discovered um, how important singing was to me, and I, I really loved that. I remember getting up and singing at a, a mlc has Got Talent kind of thing um, most people were using karaoke, but I got up and had, um, I'd got one of the school teachers to play the guitar for me, so I could have a real accompanist. And and so singing, I always knew from from a very early age that singing was something really lovely and special, and worked for me in my life. And then then after I was adopted, um, uh, you know, things took took on other kinds of pathways.
2: So from there, how did you go on to study music, and you know, from there into a career in music and in the arts?
0: Well... Um, it didn't say in the adoption papers that you have to practice for three hours a day and, 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 and become a musician, but it, it, it kind of went with the territory, uh, which was fine because I, I loved it and wanted to do that more than anything else in the world. And so um, uh, I learned to play the piano. I did my grade eight piano um, when I was about 16 or 17. Um, I did my grade six clarinet, um, which I later sold to buy my wife's engagement ring. Um, I played euphonium, tried the trumpet. Didn't have the lips for that, so did the euphonium, did did lots of things. So the kind of the proverbial jackal trades spent a year doing singing lessons at guildhall school of music and drama in london which was which was a wonderful experience and then was so lucky to be accepted into the royal academy um, yeah and and uh, with with them in the most extraordinary environment you know that the one can imagine uh, and that was inspirational and, and set me on a pathway to do music not that i ever thought i would teach but um but it it was just such an inspirational place
1: and so from there how did you find yourself to come to mlc
0: I always wanted to be a professional singer, but I think I realised when I got to the academy that um, there were a lot of very good uh, singers, and that um, I remember my singing teacher saying to me, "Well, will you be ha- will, will you be happy singing chorus in a provincial German opera house?" And I <laughs> and I took that <laughs> I took the hint and thought, "No, probably not." Um, singing one solo every, every season, you know, <laughs> one line of a, a solo in a, in an operatic chorus didn't seem to quite be what i wanted so i thought well i better go and do a postgraduate certificate in education and so i did and my first appointment was at a school in east london in a very socially deprived area an extraordinary experience um really humbling and inspiring and taught me so much about education um and then from there um juliet and i moved to iceland uh to have completely different kind of setting rural setting and also working in Reykjavik and from there I came to UWA where I was invited to come and take up a position uh, on a research project initially looking at young people's musical musical development I was missing I was missing performing a lot and and just being involved in, in music and um I didn't actually apply for this job um uh, that's another story but um ultimately um uh, uh miss Cody um just said well what what about if you come and do the job and as soon as she said it I thought yep that uh, I was so lucky my daughter came here before me um and and so I knew the school well and my wife Juliet had been teaching here so I knew what I was living myself in for and um it's been a joy
2: so with all of that, with all of the places you've worked, you've been, you know, your PhD, all of the above. What have been the most challenging and then the most rewarding parts of your career? Challenging, I don't. I don't,
0: I, I always try to think of challenges as opportunities. And so where I've been, I'm in mean, teaching in the East End of London, uh, kids. Um. Uh, nearly all second generation immigrants, huge social deprivation. That was a challenge, you know, uh, no, when I went to that school, there was no music in the school whatsoever. And when we left, we were having visitors from overseas and performing on the South Bank in London and doing the most amazing things. That was an extraordinary challenge, but also an amazing opportunity going to live in a country where you don't actually speak the language in Iceland and having to, how do you manage, you know, how do you, what, what, what is this so special about music that you can make that work and learn the other language, the secondary language, the verbal language as you go, because you've got this other language called music that is so powerful. Coming here and, and doing a, a completely different kind of career in research um, initially um, was was also challenging and different and 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 I loved that I'm um, I'm very proud of what I did with a team of researchers. Um, and and coming here to MRC, uh, following a great tradition, and, and how do you build on, on on that tradition and add your own things, and and hopefully take it to even greater heights? So challenges, opportunities. I, I, I mean, I've been lucky. You know, I've I've had amazing opportunities. I haven't applied for a job since the first job I ever applied for at the age of twenty two, and that and that's, <laughs> the dream. <you> know, <laughs> and that's that's, that's uh, seamlessly uh, <laughs> floating through life. It kind of just happens, you know. Uh, uh, I've been lucky, and and there's great opportunities. Mm.
1: Oh, that's fantastic! And I, this is something I think about a lot. What do you think most people misunderstand about your field of work?
0: Gosh, that's a really hard question. What do they misunderstand most? I think that um, how do you how do you reconcile meeting the needs of every single student with the needs of all those individual students? I mean, you, you know, you would know that you, you're you're aspiring professional musicians, and you know, I hope we've cared. Greatly for your development, but, <laughs> but there's another 1100 uh, students out here, you know, and 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 reminding people and convincing people that music does matter to all those people, not just to amazingly um, skillful people like you, you know, but that we're all musical and and actually convincing people that we are all musical, just like we can all you know kick a footy or something. And so our program in the early years learning center, you know, and, and the support that's got and, and convincing. Convincing parents that this is something that really matters for for the for the everybody's holistic development and to live a good to live a good life, you know, mm-hmm. and 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 that it's not just for some little special people that we call musical. And I think. Australia's got a bit to learn about that, you know. We yeah, we definitely absolutely uh, (laughs) we are that we are all musical. It's part of the package. It's Mm. just the human condition. And so, how do we how we transform a school to really understand that? And I think we've done a great job of that. Um, I'm sure there's still work to be done, but. Yeah, I think that's still misunderstood. And you know, oh Olivia, she's so talented. No, it's practice. Oh, Oriana, she's so <laughs> talented. Oh, no, it's practice. They practice. Yeah, oh, yeah. you know, yeah. the musical gene. There is no musical gene. It's practice. <laughs> yeah. It's practice.
1: Hard work it is practice. And and, yes. And, yeah. and
0: you know, and, and so getting people to really understand that, I think, is is always a challenge because we talk such rubbish about the myths of, you know, a talent. Mm, yeah.
1: And mm. I think that's something that's so great about MLC and Uh, The legacy that you've cultivated here is that the at at every level there's music at every level with like it goes from the youngest girl to the oldest girl at the college, and that practice of music being part of your everyday is what makes you you know that's what leads you you know as a maybe a young twenty year old to want to buy a ticket to go and see a symphony orchestra or because you're you've had those experiences and you feel comfortable. entering that environment yeah, yeah.
2: when music is so it's so
1: ingrained in the fabric of the college
2: um and i think i've done a very good job at making it very accessible and just a very overwhelmingly positive experience for all of the girls here whether they're you know studying atar music in an ensemble or you know they're more partial to the sports department everyone is aware of the musical life in the college and i think very appreciative of it
0: i'm humbled to think so and and you know that you know, that's, that's that's what we've tried to do and and, um, uh, and it's a joy to be able to do it as well as we have.
2: In that vein, if there is one thing that every student who goes through MLC, goes through the music department, comes away with thinking or remembering or holding on to, what would you want that to be?
0: Just that music works, you know. um, I, I talk a lot about aesthetics and you've both probably heard me say that, you know. Aesthetic education is 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 the opposite of anaesthetic education. You know, we're about making people feel and 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 respond and 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 the experiences. I hope we provide in the music department. Uh, and 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 we can think of the great events like singing in St. Mark's or Concerto Night or <laughs> next Monday. You know, they, 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 we get those. But you know, it's an everyday technology of just of just. L- learning to, to to live well to respond and to have those memorable aesthetic experiences that become the capital that that help us through lives through life and mm. and also give us the the impetus to want to go and listen to to concerts whether it's the symphony orchestra in in, in the concert hall or or a gig down at, at north bridge or whatever yeah, it happens to yeah be, you know and and so that's you know i just want girls to know that music works so that it has this power to transform uh and regulate our lives in in in, in really um important ways you know Mm. mental health and 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 all those you know things about how we regulate our lives and and live well and Mm. learn to relax and learn to feel
1: yeah and in in all your time at mlc what and this i know it's going to be difficult for you to answer but (laughs) what do you think you're going to miss the most
0: so much that it, it it hurts even thinking about it. Oh.
1: Um, uh,
0: you know, um, uh, every day. Uh, I mean, th- this is it's been such an honor to be here, and every day, almost almost every day, there are things that happen that you think that's 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 just, that's just beautiful. That works. That's great. And it may be a conversation with a, a kid in the early learning center, three years old. It may be, um, a, you know, um, performing only in sleep. You know, uh, it may be singing. Um, uh, it's it, but. It's, it's this curious paradox of, of the, the really special and amazing and the everyday and the mundane. And so I'm going to miss, I mean, I'm not really a morning person, which may be a surprise <laughs> to you. I did my PhD <laughs> at two o'clock in the morning. And so getting here for seven o'clock rehearsals over the last nine years has been quite a challenge for me. But I'm still going a to miss a challenge for it. us all, may I add. <laughs> no, um, but I'm going to miss it so much, you know, coming, starting the day uh, singing uh, together or, 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 or with the symphony orchestra, you know, at seven o'clock. In the morning, once you get past, the, once you get over the first five minutes, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, and playing Mozart symphonies, uh, wh- whatever. I mean, for goodness' sake, how many schools in the world could you go in and conduct? You know, Mozart, G minor symphony, Tchaikovsky, Pardida, mm-hmm. perform. You know, commissioned pieces from Ross Edwards or or Eric Sassenbalds, and and do that every day. I mean, it's uh, so. There's so much I'm going to miss that I'd sooner not think about it too much because yeah. I, I might have second thoughts yeah. and, and, and we're kind of committed. Um, uh, yeah. So, yeah. So.
1: In that vein, Liv, do you have like a favourite memory from MLC music? Yeah, I think, again, it's difficult to narrow it down, but one of my favourite memories is when, Dr. Faulkner, you gave me the opportunity to direct the Magic Flute Overture. Oh, yes. Which I played... And I played and directed at the same time, Um, which was a big challenge, not only because I'd never done that before, but also because I was negotiating wind instruments, which (laughs) take a bit bit of wrangling, really. Um, Yeah, but that was, yeah, as you said before, I mean, I've come, I'm now in my fourth year of university studies and I'm studying that exact thing. Mm. And I think that was such a formative experience for me. And I was Mm. so grateful, not only for the opportunity to do it, but I think more so that you, you believed in me that I could do that, you know? And at the time I was like, how on earth am I going to do this? And I I still have a a video recording of that, um, that I refer to from time to time to just sort of track my own progress. Um, and yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing. The quality of music making that I was engaged in at that age I just think that's phenomenal. It really
2: hits you like how incredible the music at MLC is when you go and, and study it in tertiary education yeah. at least I've found because you know you're at a conservatorium everyone there is very very good um but then just thinking about you know the type of works we study there and the type of works we're performing and the type of works we studied and performed here it's quite extraordinary how how comparable the they
1: are yeah, in a lot of ways. definitely. Yeah. It's amazing. Definitely. Really wonderful. And I mean, I I think I did, I was singing in the choir, but I wasn't anything to write home about. <laughs> um, so I've sort of covered the orchestral experience. Um, what was your favourite moment from all of your um, involvement in the choral, choral side of things? There's been so many. I
2: mean, music tour, uh, 2017 music tour was very special, that was quite incredible. But there was also, I started singing in chorale when I was in year seven, and there was a piece there, um, we sang a Danish piece, oh, yes. and yeah, wow. yeah. And um, you gave me a solo in that, and That's I right. was terrified. I was so scared, and I remember you talking to me about it, Dr. and being like, no, like, I gave it to you because I believe you can do it. Like, in, it was, you just believed in me, and it was really wonderful, and I sang it, and then, 3 years later on music tour we yeah. picked the piece back up again yes. and I sang
1: the Indeed. solo again Indeed. and
2: um I have videos of both of those things and now another 3 or 4 years on looking back at those it's it's just they're such happy wonderful just warm memories yeah. and also um just in classroom music where there was one particular lesson where we were talking about like the third movements of symphonies and dance, you know, dance influence, and you got us all to waltz around the room with each other, and it was so good. It was it was like period five <laughs> on Friday. Like a classic <laughs> Doctor it, it was amazing. It was oh. like a Haydn third movement, and we just waltzed, um, and it was amazing. We, uh, it was so good.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and you led, a, of course, you last year because we were having yeah. trouble with a, a piece that we had commissioned from, from Ross Edwards to take to Europe, which sadly didn't happen but we still wanted to do the premiere and it was a really complicated piece and And you got up at very, really quite short notice
2: yeah.
0: um, to, to conduct and sing that in a, in a bit like Olivia did with the violin and stuff. Was, that, that must have been a bit daunting, I reckon.
2: It was very daunting. I found photos from that concert the other day and there's one where I'm bowing with you, Dr. Faulkner, and the look of relief on my face <laughs> <laughs> because we got through it and yeah. it – it was amazing. And at the time I was very nervous, but looking back, I was like, that was so cool. Like, pr- world premiere of a commissioned piece in, you know, Noongar language, the language of the land that we are on. Yeah. It, it's just, there's something very special about all of that.
0: I'm delighted. Yeah.
2: yeah. The question here that I've been wanting to ask, yeah. favourite instrument, both that you have played and haven't played, and favourite piece of music?
0: On oh my word. Well... I've always been the kind of proverbial jack of all trades. As I said earlier. So I had but I never learned a string instrument, which I really regret. It would have been really nice. My favorite instrument are uh am I allowed to say the voice cuz I'd have to say the voice yeah. to be honest I'd have to say the voice um uh favorite piece of music is impossible you know uh, it, it's just utterly impossible there are just millions of pieces of music I and mean, I hear new music regularly and think how did I not hear that before i mean if i had to say what music has probably influenced me the most it would probably have to be mahler uh uh you know i just i just find his the range of the emotions in his music incomparable um uh, gosh it must have been a turbulent personal life, uh, but but you know just that range of, of 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 expressiveness that I just just find overwhelming really, and um, from extraordinary joy to to the most melancholic and sad things that help us um rehearse those things in life, you know, and, and that's, that's beautiful. So Marla would still be, I'd have to say, you know, we (laughs) did, we did once read through a bit of a Marla's fourth in the symphony orchestra, but my biggest regret was that we never, we never got to do (laughs) just to read through a little bit more of something like Marla's fourth, which we could have done, but you know, time was kind of, you know, what it's like around here. Uh, But yeah, Marla would have to go to the top. Marla and Mozart would have to go Mm. to the top of the list. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. M&M.
1: Yeah. And so, this October concert, which is rapidly approaching, yep. <laughs> uh, can you talk us through um, your artistic process with the programming?
0: Yep. Well, funny enough, originally I had scheduled for this program a piece by um, Lily Bollinger, the great French um, woman composer called Spring Morning, which I really wanted to do. One of the things we've done at MRC is to really put a spotlight on. Mm, the glass ceilings in music and and there are plenty and composition is one of them last year the first woman ever won an oscar for best film score icelandic of course <laughs> um uh, and and so i really wanted to do that piece and i'd got it in house actually but that was before Juliet and I decided that we would retire at the end of this year and I could see there wasn't going to be time to do that, which is a bit sad. So that's still down in the department. So um, then I guess we we had the great joy of doing the Mozart G minor early in the year and, and what a wonderful piece that is. Can't think of it. And the girls are playing it so, so wonderfully well. And as so often, you know, when I pick pieces, people will say, oh, you know, that's really hard. Yeah, I know it's really hard. <laughs> um, and that's why we're doing it because if you want a good job, you know, give people a good job to do. And, and so, um, um uh, it's a joy it's always an honor conducting mozart and with young people so the mozart was a absolute and then i thought well if we're going to get collegians back what what pieces would be fun and left edge is a piece by Ian grandage which is really west australian mm. um very cinematographic. and um we took it i don't know if we did the european premiere but we may have done i'm not sure we took it to europe five uh, years ago um the, the piece is quite a bit older than that um and, I and you know, getting some of the girls back means we've got four horns and other. So I thought it would be lovely to have a big orchestral piece uh, with lots of percussion, lots of brass, lots of strings. And so that's going to be really exciting. And I was excited because I uh, thought it would be nice for um, Mrs. Faulkner to, to play in that too. And, and of course, Mrs. Faulkner has been at MLC longer than I have. She's been in 15 years. So it's been very much a partnership Um and so she's going to play that with us, and I wanted that. And then a good tearjerker thing, so so I, I hope I'll manage to get through it, um, uh, the Intimate show from Cavalier Ooh, yeah, Um, which is one of the most, you know, uh, extraordinarily, if you can't have marla, that's that's, <laughs>
2: that's
0: that's quite a good thing. So so we're doing that, and then we're doing with chorale um, and Symphony Orchestra, Love Divine or Loves it selling, which, I mean, you know, we're a Methodist at school, Uniting Church School, and Wesley—you know—a wonderful hymn um, lyrics, and th- that beautiful arrangement by um, Howard Goodall, English composer, and um, and originally we were going to sing that for revs. Hollis's induction, and we couldn't make that work. So we thought, oh, I thought, well, let's why don't we do it now? So we're doing that now, and we're also doing a couple of other chorale things. Um, uh, one uh, one new piece, um, from from uh, from Frozen actually, but it it has Nordic roots because it's based on yoik, you know, the the lap mm. um, singing. Uh, so that's completely new for us. Um, and then we couldn't resist picking up um, one of your old favorites, Oriana, um, Only in sleep, the girls have been begging me to do that again. <laughs> that's we haven't beautiful. done it since, since since we did it with you. Eric Sembade, the composer, of course, is a is a an MLC commissioned com- composer. He wrote a piece, uh, did a piece especially for us a few years ago. So that's going to be gorgeous. And and, Wart's and Matilda, again, a bit like Left Edge, Wart's and Matilda has been kind of our visiting card.
1: You know, yeah, <laughs> on tours
0: and so on, and and something that 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 is really fun. Uh, and then other ensembles are playing too. Some girls are coming back to play with Jazz Orchestra, um which of course Miss Farrell is directing. And um, and and Barbershop, a couple of girls are coming back. I think you're singing with Barbershop yeah, too, aren't you? Yeah. So so that'll be really nice. And um, I hope it'll be a lovely, lovely concert, celebrating first and foremost, of course you know, the the girls and, and you and and our collaboration together, you uh, know, which is which is really exciting. I think, I don't think there are many seats left actually. It's, it's free, but people do need to book. So and if I think, you're
1: listening, yeah, get your tickets. Yeah, because I think get it's
0: pretty, on top of it. Get on top of it because there aren't many left.
2: <laughs> <laughs> What's the next step of your journey?
0: Well, um, our son lives in Sweden and uh, has a big farm with Icelandic horses. Um, we always plan to retire back to Either to Iceland or to Sweden, and since James is now in Sweden, that made more sense, so I'm sure we'll do something um but there are no specific plans except uh, we've bought a little cottage in the country um Beautiful. near to near to our son's farm, and um we'll we'll take it from there really, and see so we'll taking we'll take our piano back of course and, and I'm sure we'll we'll do you know you, you <laughs> we're never going to stop doing music, I'm sure um, <laughs> yeah. but um we we'll, we'll we'll wait and see but there there there's certainly no plans. Above and beyond that,
1: that's really yeah. lovely, yeah, that's Sounds beautiful, great. and Dr. Faulkner, just to to sign things off, we're so grateful for everything that you've given um our journeys uh, while we've been at m l c and everything you've continued to give the girls here. I don't think we can really say anything that will measure what you've done, but I feel very lucky that my musical journey has been so greatly influenced by you. And your teaching. And I wish you all the very best in your retirement, in inverted commas, because I'm sure you'll find it extremely difficult to keep yourself away from touching people's lives.
0: Thank you. It's been an absolute joy and honour. Thank you for your kind words.
2: I think, Dr. Faulkner, that your presence at the school will be felt long after you're back in Sweden.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you enjoyed it, feel free to like, share or leave a review and make sure to stay tuned for episodes to come.